Hello and welcome to Plotris. This is Meg. This is Lane. And today we're reviewing A Reckless Match by Kate Bateman. This was published in 2021 and is the first book in the Ruthless Rivals series. And full disclosure, we did get a complimentary advanced reader copy from Nick Kelly. So Meg, do you think this book might be about rivals? They might be. They might also be ruthless. Okay. Lay the ground. I don't know. I don't know. What do you think? I mean, I'm interested in just how, like, basically by the end of this series, this book makes it very clear that all of the cousins are going to be genetically siblings. Every single one of them. Yep. Mm-hmm. That this isn't just, spoiler alert, feuding families where, like, one couple manages to sneak by. Like, every single person of this generation is just going to marry every single person of the other family from this generation. totally. I, we'll get into it when we get into it, but, I mean, the whole thing, I'm like, yes, the families are feuding. Like, you really have to tell me, because it wasn't shown, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. So with that, the book jacket. Oh man, it's got the formatting I hate. I'm gonna, I'll start for you. (sighs) Can lifelong hate. Madeline Montgomery grew up despising and secretly loving the roguish Griffith, Griff Davies. Their families have been bitter rivals for hundreds of years, but even if her feelings once crossed the line between love and hate, she's certain Griff never felt the same. Now she's too busy saving her family from ruin to think about Griff and the other devilish Davies siblings. Since he's off being scandalous in London, it's not like she'll ever see him again. Turn to true love? As the new Earl of Powys, Griff Davies plans on spending his post-war life enjoying the pleasures of London. But when an illegal duel forces him to retreat to his family's Welsh castle, he realizes the only exciting thing in the dull countryside will be seeing the fiery Maddie Montgomery. Thoughts of his nemesis sustained Griff throughout the war, but the girl he loved to tease has grown into a gorgeous, headstrong woman who loathes him just as much as she ever did. Will secret tunnels, dangerous smugglers, and meddling from their feuding families be enough to make Maddie and Griff realize that their animosity is really attraction? And maybe even love? Spoiler alert. Yes, it will. I'd like, we, we've seen so many rhetorical questions with obvious answers that it is literally not my favorite thing. I mean, yes, it hits the spot every time. Every time I'm like, oh, good. You're just <laughs> leaning in. It's like my universal <laughs> signal of like, you are not ashamed of being a romance novel. Yes, right. <laughs> I mean, you know how I was like, spoiler alert, guys. I wouldn't have known they were feuding families. The first, the first paragraph gives it away anyway. She's like already <laughs> in love with this dude, okay? They grew up playing together as children. And I was like, is that how feuding families usually work? I don't know. I, I, there's so much here that I was just like, whatever. <laughs> Even if like one of them is English and the other Welsh. And they was- live... You know, they're li- the, the feud comes from what they they can't decide whether there's a piece of land, whether it's one family's or the others, right? Whether it's Welsh or English. So it's not that they can't decide. It's that when the families started, like, basically trying to murder each other, 
um, the king created what was effectively the demilitarized zone. Yes. Between their two houses and said, you jointly own this. Neither of you can ever outright own it. This is my like only attempt to keep the peace is like making sure you guys have to stay so far away from each other. But so basically the kids just ended up playing in the DMZ all the time. Thank you. Yeah. I knew it was a land dispute. Yeah. So the dispute was either over a pig or a woman. The land was like the buffer zone attempt at keeping them from murder. But they also have to go see each other and shake hands every now and then to make sure that this bargain is kept. Well, and if one of them fails to show and fails to exhibit goodwill, the land will go to the other one. It's so, it's so fake. Like, so this would never happen. But also, so romance novel. This is fun. Well, and there are little things. Like, history... I was in Croatia not too long ago, and the capital, uh, Zagreb, was historically a couple of smaller towns, and the um, piece of land, like, there was a stream that ran through the what is now the city center, and the stream is long gone, that was, like, a dividing line between two of the hills, mm-hmm. and so on it was this bridge where the people who were feuding between the two towns would go kill each other. So they wouldn't do it in either town. And so it was called the Bloody Bridge. Mm -hmm. And the street where the Bloody Bridge was is called the Bloody Bridge Street. Like, this legend has still been passed down. So I think some of this is fun. And like, yes, of course, it's ridiculous and would never happen and is utterly insane. But so many stories from history are like these apocryphal. Yeah. Like, tales of dispute, reconciliation, and strange traditions. And so when romance novels really lean into, like, the, isn't Europe an old place full of mystery? I really like it. (laughs) So you loved the beginning of this book, then? Oh, I just, I honestly, I needed this book after Lotus Palace. I needed, it's not that I didn't love Lotus Palace. It's that I can't do things that heavy back to back. Yeah. No, I get it. Otherwise, the jacket's fine. Yeah. No, it's fine. Absolutely fine. Like, there's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing I have an issue with. I just need the, like, headings at the beginning of paragraphs that make up their own sentence thing to end. Honestly, this book jacket is perfectly fine because it gives you just enough of the plot, which is secret tunnels, dangerous smugglers, and meddling. It's perfect. Yeah, nails it. Nailed it. Alrighty, so as usual, we generated a random number and wrote our own summaries using that number as the word count. And this week, that number is 26. Meg? Here's my 26-word summary. It's always hard to choose between your hot childhood BFF, who you're supposed to hate because family feud, and your rich old lecher fiancé you actually hate. Yeah, so would you describe this book as a love triangle? (laughs) No. (laughs) <laughs> just the fact that they would try to maybe make you think that maybe she would choose someone else it's like no like don't even try my other just to um kind of get ahead of ourselves and touch on trope here a little bit of course the rich old ledger fiance can't just be gross he also has to be evil like just lean in right yes Oh. All What's right. Your 26 word summary. 
When the boy next door is your mortal enemy from birth, it's extremely rude for him to grow up to be really hot and smell good. So true, Lane. She's always on her back foot with him because he's so hot. Secret weapon. Okay. This is not a trope. I'm just saying it right here because I was like, this is, this was a very interesting choice. She was struck by lightning once. I loved that instantly. I was like, yes, no, just lean into the crazy. And she has scars, which apparently are an actual side effect of being struck by lightning. But, you know, now she's embarrassed about what she looks like because she has this blemish and he's just so perfect. That is all. (laughs) That is all. (laughs) But, of course, they are only in places that can be covered by clothing. Oh, yeah. She doesn't have it, like, on her face. Well, to be fair, this is Regency England, so you're mostly covered up. Right? Until she starts wearing those low-cut gowns. Right? Uh, but, I mean, it's what a hardship. She has to wear a fichu. Like, I'm not trying to be... I'm not trying to minimize her... Well, I don't even think her boobs were scarred. Well, that too. Good point. Yeah. There, and he's not even worried about them. Anyway. Yeah, she's uh, she was struck by lightning, and right around the time he left to go yeah. fight, tro- we're just skipping around to trope go fight Napoleon. Yep, he fought Napoleon. Like his whole family did. Her family's fighting Napoleon, and they're all fighting Napoleon. They're no, her family's not fighting Napoleon. Isn't her brother fighting Napoleon? No, her brother is off in the middle of the fucking war zone doing an architectural study. Oh well, I'm sure he's doing a spy thing. Don't worry. Yeah, I mean, I hope, but he I'm, went to the continent. I don't know this, guys. This is not a spoiler, but I would bet you money that he's spying. That is not his stated reason for being there now. His stated no. reason is he's an architect who had to go to Italy in the lull when they thought Napoleon had been exiled and was done for, and then Napoleon came back and he got stuck in Europe. Yes. All right, listeners, I, I, you know what? If you listen to this episode and then whenever his book comes out in three years, if you remember this and he's not a spy, just send me an email and I will send you some plot twist merchandise. Like, I'm not kidding. <laughs> but he's, he's going to be a spy. So no one's going to be able to capitalize. Sorry. He's going to at least be like spying. Duh. If he's, if he's not a spy by trade and like trained by the comb office, there will be someone who was like, hey, you're going for architectural reasons. We need you to do the spy thing. Right. He's, he's going to be spying. He's going to do spy shit. Yeah. It's just so going to have that. I just know it. Um, but of course, so the number one trope is feuding families. Moving on. Um, yes. The twist on the God of Fight Napoleon, which is also still a trope, is he was the oldest of several sons. Mm-hmm. So he was allowed to enlist. But when his father died and he actually inherited, he was forced out of the army. Had to come back. And he has extremely angsty and messed up feelings about that. Yeah. Yeah. Saving private primogeniture. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So they are, as you read in the jacket, childhood friends to lovers. Although they were more frenemies. 
because even though they played together all the time, he just teased her a lot because he liked her. Duh. Yeah, it's interesting because the Maddie's characterization and even Griff's to a certain degree try very hard to present it as like they didn't so much play as torment each other. Mm-hmm. It's like that's just what kids do. That's what kids do. Like, <laughs> yeah. That that's what kids do. My the other day, my husband, like my child will complain about her friends. And my husband, he was all worried that she was getting bullied. And I was like, no. I'm like, this this is how girls play. Like, I'm sorry, but this is this is just how it happens. Oh, they get stuck in a cave. Trope. And okay, so first of all, she's an archaeologist. Oh yes. So Duh. Mostly of the Lord Ingram when he first meets Charlotte Holmes variety, not the Lord Ingram as an adult variety. Yeah, she 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 does archaeology close to home. Yeah, so she's got like dig sites around the property and surrounding areas. Yeah, which um, is very cute. So they find a underground network of caves. Mm-hmm. So they spend a lot of time there, not stuck, and then they do get stuck in the caves so there's just a lot of time in the dark alone relying only on each other and then additional time spent like desperate and afraid yeah it's true what's the one where they like the tide is coming in oh it's it's in my notes ravished (laughs) by amanda quick this was very ravished. Oh, it was very ravished. It, it is in my notes, obviously, because it is so ravished. <laughs> okay. They are making out. They're, they get a lot of makeouts to get interrupted by a lot of different things. But in one of them, they're interrupted by gunshots. Yeah. So I think that was more the like, we're so distracted. This is the specifics. And it was just too long for me to put in the tropes. They're out on a stakeout. Mm-hmm. And they clearly get distracted from their business. Oh, no, wait, that's the first makeout. So there's two makeouts where they're interrupted by smugglers. Yes. The first two is makeouts a... where they're interrupted by smugglers. One makeout where they're interrupted by his brother. Brothers. Yeah. So the two where they're interrupted by smugglers, the first one is they start making out and they barely hear like a rustle in the other room. And yeah. then the next one is like they go to talk about stuff and then they're shot at so yeah they're just it makes right they're just interrupted a lot but they're interrupted in the course of getting distracted from doing what they were supposed to do by making out yes and i'm going to be honest the fact they get stuck in a cave probably going to be the only time that they're not interrupted so now i'm kind of understanding the danger bang yeah i was actually waiting for the danger bang to be interrupted (laughs) right i know but just because the precedent had been set but it wasn't so good. Oh, there's some hurt comfort. Both ways, quite a bit of it. <laughs> both ways. <laughs> they swing both ways on the hurt comfort. He she gets shot and he has like the entirety of his lower calf, like skinned. Yep. Is gross. It's pretty gross. So he's yeah. less of a break than he seems. Was that, was he in an earlier book by this author in a different series? Maybe. Okay, it looks like it's just such a trope 
that they could lean into the a friend of his with an unhappy marriage got him to flirt with her to make her husband jealous so they'd fall in love and that's just a background thing that she threw in <laughs> duh so good okay anyway keep going so she does one day decide that she's going to wear a dress with a lot of cleavage and it's kind of hilarious well she's given it she doesn't decide to it's when she's shot Right, so the only thing laying around that they can have her change into that doesn't have a bullet hole in it, yeah, is this scandalous gown. Well, I know, but then she's like, "Oh, if I lean over like this, he gets distracted. (laughs) He looks at my boobs, (laughs) and I feel like I'm on fire." (laughs) Oh my gosh. It was really funny. That whole sequence was really funny because she's there, not like manipulatively, like she met him to try to negotiate. That whole sequence is amazing. It was like maybe my favorite part of the whole book. Totally agree. I loved it. And it, like, I feel bad saying that because then like the rest of the book couldn't top it. But that sequence was so good. Until his damn brothers got home. Okay. I was really pissed. I was really, I was like really annoyed. (laughs) Agree. I was like, Kate Bateman, you could at least have given her one orgasm. Okay, moving on. So, um, she's from a wealthy established family, but they're recently impoverished because her dad lost all of the money speculating. Mm -hmm. And so she feels a real burden to try to save the family. Her father suggests marriage to this gross old lecher who will pay, will waive the need for a dowry and, in fact, pay her father. Mm-hmm. That said, to her father's credit, it is not presented to her as an, I need you to do this. It is presented to her as an option. And when she's like, fuck no, her dad is like, okay. <laughs> yeah. And there are smugglers. At this point, this is another trope. Like, there have to be smugglers in a Regency romance. Especially during the Napoleonic Wars. And it has to be French brandy. Yeah. These are the rules. Those are the the rules. We don't make the rules. We just tell you about them. Exactly. And we observe them over and over again. Yeah. Yes. So what the heck happened in this book, Lane? So Griff comes back from the war and then from London to do this ritual handshake they, when meeting on the mutual land, notice an anomaly, figure yes. out that there's this network of caves, and figure out that there are local sn- smugglers. Yes, yeah, so they figure out there are smugglers, and then they're like, let's catch the smugglers together. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, let's observe, and they observe a man being beaten nearly to death. <laughs> <laughs> we shouldn't be laughing, but that's what they see. And then they're like, okay, we should call for help. And then they're like, shit, that help is going to be insufficient. But then luckily his brothers show up. And they're like, excellent. We have a better plan for catching the smugglers. Yep. Meanwhile, she is totally hoping that somehow reward money from the smugglers or something in this cave will be like the financial answer her family has been seeking. She also, okay, this part was the... You know what, Lane, you are correct. This book is just like very fun, fluffy, whatever. I was just annoyed at like two parts of this book. One okay. of them is that she she refuses to tell Griff that her family's in financial trouble. Okay. And what was the other? The third act conflict. 
Yeah, so um, I was fine with her not telling him that her family was in financial trouble because all of this took place over, like, three days. <laughs> this like, is also true. Nothing had actually gotten desperate yet until she was threatened by that dude. Right. And ultimately, like, she never thought she was actually going to be forced to marry that guy. Yeah. Like, she, her, her actual fear, which was realistic, was that, like, shit, I'm going to have to leave town and live a life of genteel policy, going to miss you. But, like, none of those decisions were imminently being made. So yeah. I didn't, I felt like they were kind of given bigger weight in the text than they actually held. So I wasn't that annoyed she didn't talk to him. Um, the third act conflict, are you referring to the very end? That is or correct. are you talking about the random ass fight he picked with her at that ball? No. I was, so I didn't mind the like, I'm going to London and running away from my feelings, but I was super annoyed about the shit he said to her when he found her being molested in the shrubbery. Oh, no, I was annoyed at, so spoiler alert, guys, they have a danger bang in the caves. When we'll talk about get... that in sexiness. It was we'll really hot. It. it was a good danger bang. Yeah. When they get out, he's like, he's like, that was awesome. We can't let this stop. We'll just hear like, this has been great. We'll have to talk tomorrow about it. And as she's writing away, she's like, "Ugh, he wants to have an affair. I can't handle that. He never said he wanted to have an affair, Maddie. No. That just pisses me off. Just, like, go talk to him. And if he actually proposes an affair, at that point, you can be like, fuck off and fuck your brothers. But maybe he was going to say, let's get married. Because obviously that's what he's going to say. Yeah. Again, the conflict lasted, like, minutes. So Thank God. Because otherwise I would have been more pissed. Well, and even, like, her avoidance of his wasn't just, like, avoiding him. Like, something else happened that surprised her that she did have to go deal with. The timing just made it seem more dramatic than it was. I guess. I don't know. I'm just... I think I was reading it, and I was, like, I was enjoying it. I was like, this is fun. This is great. And then it happened, and I was like, uh, no. I mean, that's totally fair. It is annoying as shit. I'm just saying, like, it didn't last long enough to really piss me off. My, like, one point of frustration at this book was just how nasty he was to her. That, I think, belongs in content warnings, yeah? Yeah, it's going to be part of my unwanted sexual advances section. We'll move on to that soon. All right, so I'm sorry, I interrupted you. There are, they they just, his brothers came in town and they're like, okay, cool, we're going to find this. These smugglers, we're going to get these smugglers. Thank God you're here because you're both strapping men and we don't have enough men. Yeah. So then in while they're catching the smugglers, there's a big explosion. Yeah. And they get stuck in the caves. And, and what are you going to do in the caves? 50% try to find a way out and 50% bang. Yeah. That's it. Oh, and then I guess like a tiny percent of of the try to get out part is finding the solution to all their problems, which I'm not going to give away. Yeah, it was. We've said this a lot in the last couple of weeks. This is this is formulaic. And I don't think it rises above the formula. But it executes it fine. Like this was a romp. I had a great time reading it. 
I my number one like joking complaint about this book is all the fucking Welsh names. Yeah. Yes. Because <laughs> you're like, how am I supposed to pronounce it? Well, and like even in my own head, I'm just like, okay, so I'm just gonna like mumble some letters. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like I can't do Welsh. <laughs> and then, I, I, so I think the other part for me is I kept thinking of Ravished by Amanda Quick. Yes. Which is, I mean, if you listen to the podcast, you know that I'm obsessed with Amanda Quick. She's like my OG historical romance love. And I've read all of her books like a million times. And in Ravished, they're going after some smugglers. They get trapped in a cave. They bang it out overnight. And then they get married. It's very similar to what happens in this book. Yeah, there's um, there are some similarities. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And in that book, she's a paleontologist. Yep. In so this book, she's an archaeologist. So, but they involve a lot of digging. Well, but in Ravished the caves are like a site of her activity and it's a weird freak thing that they end up stuck in them. Right. Here, it's a, a like stakeout gone wrong. Yeah. Well, I mean, so is Ravished. True. But she's more familiar with the caves than Ravished. She's more familiar with the caves. So in this one, they think they might die down there. Yes. <laughs> and that is never the case in Ravished. Right. The, the like, this is a goodbye fuck. Yeah. Yes, this is a goodbye fuck. And Ravish is a, well, everyone's going to think we fucked, so let's just fuck. Yes, the, the, the stakes are a little different. Yes, yes, the stakes are different. I will, <laughs> I, I, look. I was going to start talking about sexiness, but I don't know if you're finished talking about the book. If you can tell, there's one thing that stuck out to both of us in this book. <laughs> The danger bang in the caves. No, I mean, I think I've said all that needs to be said here. Again, nothing here is, like, gonna surprise you. No. But it's well done. It's fun. It's very fun. They're fun characters. I enjoyed them. Yep. Content warning. Tell me about the unwanted sexual advances, Lane. So, she, as Meg talked about, is in a love triangle between hot guy and gross old Letcher. And gross old Letcher, who she is never seriously entertaining, corners her to be like, this going to happen or what? I'm paraphrasing. And she is like, no, you're disgusting. And he physically restrains her and says some awful things and makes it clear that like he doesn't think she has any agency here. And he, uh, Griff, interrupts at the perfect moment to scare him off. And I was extremely confused by the tenor of the conversation that followed. Mm -hmm. So I think the offensive wardness is sort of in two parts. One, like, heads up, there is a moment where, like, she is in danger from a man trying to force things on her she is not interested in. But two, the romantic hero responds to that with jealousy mm -hmm. and nastiness, which, unnecessary. Completely unnecessary. It's true. Like, he walks in on her fighting him off, and he's like, really? You're going to go for that guy? And it's like, clearly not! Stop being a dickbag. Right? Uh, but the, anyway, that's the thing, too. It's like, I, I, was, I was annoyed at him, 
I was frustrated at her for not not being like, well, sort of explaining a little more. Not that she had to explain. She There was no reason that she would have to explain that. But she could have, right? And I mean, like, the, they, they talk a big game about how the families are feuding, but they're, like, best friends. Yeah. You know? I mean, they hadn't seen each other in many years prior to the events of this book, but yeah. Right? I don't know. I was, I was mad weird. at him. I was, he, he very, he came close to crossing a line I couldn't have forgiven. That's fair. And it was frustrating too, because they never really talk about it. Yeah, that's true. So that was my one. Like, hey, I find it hard sometimes to read heroes kind of being mean to heroines. And he, it, it honestly, the whole scene was really out of character. Yeah. And that's what bugged me about it almost more than anything else. Like, it's not like he's a grump who lashes out, who has temper issues. Like, he's a pretty affable dude who is, he teases her. But -hmm. the whole point is even where she sees malice in his behavior, there never is any. Yeah. If anything, it's like him pulling on her pigtails to flirt with her. And the fact that there's this one scene where he's actually filled with malice, like, yeah sort of discredits a lot of that it was yeah it was a, I really disliked that scene that's a that's a good that's actually a very good point it hadn't struck me before but that makes a lot of sense I think that's why it bothered me so much yeah definitely all right should we talk about the sexiness part this is an extremely sexy book it's real sexy and there's only one real sex scene and it happens in a cave yeah so it's not like it's a sex book. No, it is not a sex book. But it's a really sexy book. Like my favorite part was when they had this like intimate dinner and then they went to the library and they played this ridiculous game which basically involved him trying to get her to say dirty words. I was really frustrated because I was like, okay. He's like Here's the deal. We'll play this game. I win, we make out. You win, you get the dictionary. The game was cute, so I was fine. But my first thought was, just tell him, like, I'll make out with you for the book. I mean... Then we, then we both get what we want. And then when he finally said the game, I was like, okay, this is going to be dirty. And then what I literally thought was, what's another word for tongue? Me too. And then five pages later, that's actually what mattered. I was like laughing hysterically. I was like, I might be a romance novel psychic. It was, is, uh huh. Mm-hmm. So, Megan's too. We're both romance novel psychics. <laughs> yes, well, we'll see about that when everyone writes in to get their merch. <laughs> <laughs> when Tristan's not a spy. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, but yeah, so they are. It's established that their hatred was like a thin line between of love and hate the whole time. To what degree it even was hatred. Um, and they've both like really had it bad for each other. To the point that he thinks about how like the thought that kept him go- going against Napoleon was like getting to come back and fuck her senseless. I was like, yes. thank you. Thank like, you. He, kept, he kept this shawl of hers for years and comes out that he could never, he could never give it back. Just all this shit. And it's just so great. It was... So sweet. And uh, then, 
even in that very first sequence, she's like, we shake on it. Oh, let's start a new tradition and kisses her. Yeah. And her thought is like, well, that wasn't hot. Yes. And I loved that because whenever that's the case, you know, they're going to make out again, like soon. Yeah. You yes. know, when the book starts with a bad kiss. You don't get to like 60% before the next kiss. Well, cause you know that she's going to be like, well, the kiss you gave me wasn't very good. Or he's going to say, I can do better than that. Or just in this case where it was like, that was meant to tease the next time. Oh shit. Uh-huh. Yep. So I, I just really enjoyed their dynamic and I enjoyed how frequently they made out and how often those makeouts got out of control. You know, we, making out is very hot. Yes. And that whole sequence in his library was I mean, I know we like libraries, but it was very good. And I was actually angry when they got interrupted. Yes, me too. On the other hand, I thought it was hilarious because they were not interrupted in flagrante delicto. Mm -hmm. They were interrupted by, hello. (laughs) (laughs) We're drunk. Come drink with us. Which was really funny. (laughs) And they're just on the precipice and shit so i was really glad that the one sex scene um is in a cave yeah and but i it was so funny yes like he's literally mad at her while acquiescing yeah like you couldn't have asked me for the sooner like this is really what i have to work with (laughs) this cave cave. she's like i trust you yes you're gonna he's like these aren't gonna be my best skills (laughs) It's just like, I have faith in you. It was just, and like, even then after when they're like, okay, we must go back to finding a way out. They keep interrupting themselves in their effort to find a way out to be like, oh, I could just fuck you against this wall right now. Yeah. They don't. But even there's one point where he's like, we could just give in. He's like, no, I'm getting you out of here. And mm-hmm. she's like, or we could go back to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, they had plenty of water in this cave. It they, weren't was- gonna, they weren't going to die of thirst. Mm, who knows if it was potable, but sure. So in the end, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it too. And I even like it it ends with a really cute makeout. It does. Like the, it the just, makeout skills in this book are very high. I rate the makeouts very highly. And I just I rate their placement very highly. Yeah. Like you really believe they could not keep their hands off each other. Yeah, I agree with you. So I enjoyed it quite a bit. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, And if you're enjoying the podcast, please rate, review, subscribe. And you can also find us on the internet, Instagram at Plotris, uh, Plotris at gmail.com. And our WordPress, Plotris at WordPress.com. That would be it. And then Goodreads slash Plotris if you want to follow all of our reviews. We have a lot. Meg does the social media if you can't tell (laughs)